Welcome to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, where we highlight and share the stories of African-American women who are 30 plus, child-free, wonderfully made, and living their best life. Remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. This is Dr. Angela L. Harris, your host. Come join me as we get comfortable and cozy with no bibs, no burps, no bottles. Stay tuned. So welcome, welcome everyone to this episode. I'm excited to have a long dear friend of mine as a special guest. So I want to tell you a little bit about this special guest. I met her when I was living in Ohio um, and lived in Ohio for over 10 years. And she's been an awesome friend, supporter. So currently my special guest works in higher education and she has over 20 years of experience in higher education, um, working at various colleges and universities. So she's currently trying to complete her EDD and um, be doctor. I'll let you know her last name in a minute. Um, She is also um, working with young adults in Ohio. She is a community leader. She um, is active um, in a lot of different organizations. And more importantly, she is just a wonderful, wonderful person. One of her things on her current bucket list, as we all have them in 2020, she is trying to read um, at least five books in this current year. So please help me welcome my lovely special guest, Therese. Stevenson. Hey, Tari. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You said it sounded nice? Girl, I'm talking about you. Well, welcome, welcome to No Bibs, No Burps, No Bottles. I'm so excited to have you share with us your narrative and your story of being child free. And so I want to jump right into things, if it's okay with you, and really asking about. Describe your life to me as it is this point in time, being 40-something, child-free, African-American. Tell me, what does that feel like? What's that experience like for you right now? Um, It feels good. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that I feel any different. Um, I think one of the challenges I have, and I think this is in higher ed, but I think it's also really particular for women of color, particularly black women, is that um, because I don't have any children, people just assume that I have all the time in the world, I have <laughs> nothing else to do, mm-hmm. you know, I can work, you know, 10, 12 hour days, no problem, I can work the weekends, no problem, um, you know, because I don't have kids, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I have life outside of the institution as well, and so, um, you know, I go out to dinner. I, I have people who want to hang out with me and love me, and I have a family, and so it's just hard sometimes for people to understand that, um, you know, although I don't have any children I gave birth to, mm-hmm. that uh, or that I claim, or that I can claim on my taxes, <laughs> I still have uh, children I'm responsible for, you know, I have, um, I have godchildren, mm-hmm. I have lots of godchildren, I have a uh, five all together um three are older they're all over the age of 18 and two are younger but i still write checks i still have to go to (laughs) um you know plays and and birthdays and Mm -hmm. graduations and you know uh sitting for um uh um, tow truck when there's a flat tire. So I still have to do all those things that other people do who have children, but, you know, it's frustrating sometimes because people just assume 
because I haven't given birth that I don't have any responsibilities to children, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. So it's not weird. Thank you. Um, and he's 25 now. Okay. So I had a responsibility with, uh, so I've had that responsibility of having uh, to raise a young child. And um, although he was not mine, and it was in, you know, my mom and I were in the house. It still was hard because people just assume what they would say, well, he's not yours, you mm-hmm. know, or, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't have a full understanding because I didn't have kids. And even now, um, I work with parents and sometimes parents will say, oh. I don't know if you have kids. Yep. And I get that too. Yep. All the time. Like, well, I don't know if you have kids, but, and I'm, my thing is, if I don't have kids, I'm working with yours. Right. So, Facts. Um, I have a clear understanding <laughs> of what it means to work with kids. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it, that, that can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, this, you know, of course, people asking me all the time, because oh, I'm not married, so people say, oh, when are you getting married or when are you going to have kids? And, you know, they act like it's, you know, sometimes it's a choice. Sometimes it's not a choice. Mm. Say and more I about so Say more about it not being a choice. You know, I have um, a medical issue. I have fibroidal tumor, mm. and I've had to have surgery, um, and I've had to take medication for the last uh, 16 years. Um, that So I don't, I'm barren. I can't have children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when people say that to me, I, they don't realize that sometimes that's painful because mm. I can't bear a child. Mm-hmm. Or they'll say, so when a parent says to me, I don't know if you have kids or you can't, you know, you don't understand because you don't have kids, um, but, you know, you're not a parent, it, that that may not necessarily have been my choice, mm. but that circumstances and adult, but I was dealt with health-wise, and mm. I've had to accept that, um, but, you know, I just, I'm not somebody who can bear a child, but that doesn't mean I can't love a child, that doesn't mean I can't raise a child, mm-hmm. it just means I can't carry one. Um, mm. I can't give first one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Tari, for sharing that because I know sometimes for women, it's not always easy to put yourself out there, right? Especially when there's judgment from some people, society, men, family members, you know, having a womb, having a uterus equals being a mother. And for some women, that's not the case, whether it's um, by choice or because of, of a situation or circumstances like yours. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I do have a follow-up question. So when you talk about, um, you know, the choice not being yours, um, if it was, would you say that you you had recollections or early recollections of wanting to be a mother? Um, I think I enjoy naming kids. <laughs> I, never, I mean, I've, and I've named two of my goddaughters. Um, so I enjoy that aspect. But I, I mean, I never was the baby doll, you know. I mean, I had Barbie, but if I had my choice to be outside playing basketball with my brothers or playing with Barbie, I'd rather be outside. Um, I, I was never that kid. Mm-hmm. And even as an adult, I'm not that. Like, I love kids, and I love being around them, and I love to go pick them up. You know, my license tag says auntie. So um, I love being an aunt. I love being a godmother. But, you know, uh, if I had the choice to do it all over again and health was not an issue, I can't honestly say that I would be a parent. Mm. I can't say that either. Hmm. And I, don't, I, don't, I think my life is not... 
unfulfilled because I didn't have a kid or a child um, biologically because I've had so many kids in my life. I've been fulfilled. You know, I've been through the shoot time stage. I've been through the terrible twos. Mm-hmm. I buy gifts. I do birthday parties. You know, all I do all those things still. You know, um, my friend called me today and uh, she may have to go to an event on Friday night and she needs a sitter and she's in Columbus and I'm an hour away. And she asked me, could I come up and watch the kids so she could go to this event because she can't find a sitter. And I say, yeah, but that's, that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm helping my friend out who's married with the spouse, but her spouse can't be there that night. So, you know, she's called up on me. I take that as a a compliment Definitely. and an honor because she she trusts her kids with me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mm-hmm. goddaughter, her father was not in her life, um, and her mom asked me to assume a co-parent role, and that's what I did. So. Um, we had shared parenting, just like we were a divorced couple, basically. <laughs> uh-huh. I had her every weekend. Um, I was listed as the uh, second parent um, on her school forms. Um, you know, I had to do my schedule around her um, events at, at school, when she was in middle school and um, in high school. So even though I didn't have to give birth to her, I still had a parenting responsibility because her mom asked me to be her godmother, and I take it very seriously because um, her mom actually has it in her will. Um, she's over 18 now, but she had it in her will that if she should pass and she was not 18, that I was to gain custody. Mm. I mean, her mom. So for somebody to say, listen, if something happens to me, I want you to have my child. I want you to raise my child. That's... Then I'm vested. I'm mm-hmm. taking it very serious. I'm there. It's not something you should take very lightly because... You know, they're entrusting that you're going to fulfill that need, and so I, I think I, I think I fulfilled any parental need I, I desire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, going back to. Um, you know, you sharing the reasons why you don't have children because of a medical issue. It seems like you said that you would also have come to the possibly come to the same conclusion without the medical issue. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was that was never like I love kids. I love being around them, but it never was for me that I felt a clock. Mm. I never clock. I never felt a tick tock. <laughs> Nothing. Um, that if anything, I felt the clock with my career. Um, I felt the tick tock with my degree, but I've never felt the tick tock as it relates to kids. And you know, to be honest, I feel like if I really wanted a child. I could foster, I could adopt, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I really get the urge, I can go get one of, you know, my god kids or one of my friend's kids for the weekend, and I'm sure that will satisfy any urge that I have um, once that mm-hmm. weekend is up. But no, I don't, I don't have that. My life is, I'm, uh, I think I'm more selfish with my time than I am my money, and I will readily write a check versus giving up my time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, that it's, it's so little to me, I, you know, I, I don't have a lot of time. I work a lot of 10, 12 hour days. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the weekends and the evening are important to me because it's the few hours that I have to get things done. And, um, so my time is precious and I like to spend it 
where I want to spend it mm-hmm. and how I want to spend it. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. And you, you hit on that key word to read that I've heard that other guests have shared that they heard in regards to um, being selfish, right? You know, you are a woman and you should want to have kids. And when we talk about, I like to reclaim my time. I like my own space. I like my, my house a certain way, whatever the reason it could be categorized by some as being selfish. So have you had those kind of conversations or exchanges with people who feel like it is a selfish move to not have children and be child-free? Um, I don't think my friends, people in my life that I trust and that I call my friends, I don't think they feel that way, but I think people that I've worked with or people that I just kind of know may have felt that way, but, you know, I always had a clap back anyway. <laughs> Those and clap so, backs are real. they always saw me with a kid. You know, they always saw me with my nephew, or they always saw me with my niece, or they always saw me with my goddaughters, and they always saw me with, you know, my friend's kids, so they never... I don't think it even readily dawned on them that they weren't mine. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for those who did, you know, I don't think, even if they thought it, they've never really said it to my face. Mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody says I'm selfish because I didn't, because I chose not to have a kid or because I didn't want to have a child, then I would say the selfishness is in having a child and not giving them fully 100% of yourself. Mm. That's selfishness. That, to me, that would be more selfish than having a child, mm-hmm. not having mm-hmm. in the situation now, because if you can't give yourself fully, then um, you're shortchanging the child. Definitely. And that's and we know a lot of people that do that, you know, whether they plan to have children or it was unplanned. The fact is that sometimes um, children are brought into this world and there are parents that are not necessarily um, taking 100 percent full responsibility for those children. Right. Because not everybody is meant to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's not, not everybody is meant to be a parent. But some people who are parents should not be parents. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We... And some people who are parents who made the right choice. And I, for Definitely. Me, I feel like I made the right choice because um, I lost my dog a couple of weeks ago I and know. I miss him so much, um, especially at night. You know, he was my snuggle buddy. And I'm not comparing a child to a dog in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, people started asking me, are you going to get another dog? You want to get another dog? And I'm like, no, no. And I thought about it. And I even thought about it before he passed because I knew he was getting older and he was sick. Mm-hmm. And I thought about and am I going to get another dog? And I said, no, I'm not. And the reason why I chose not to is because I'm not there enough. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want a companion, whether that's a dog or a child or even a significant other, who I cannot spend the time and effort and energy needed for our relationship to flourish. Mm-hmm. So when, no matter what kind of relationship that is, whether it's a pet whether it's a person, you know. So I try not to take on anything that is going to prevent me from giving my 110. Definitely. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I'm, I know I um, I was informed about your the passing of your dog. And although, again, no comparison, animal and child, again, animals yeah. and pets are part of our family. We miss them. We mourn them. We love them. They... You know, they we they we rack up bills when they're sick. So sometimes, um, they just hold a special place in our heart. So I'm sorry to hear about your pet. Um, and you're doing the right thing for you. 
true. And um, I just was asked again. I spoke last year, but I was just asked this week to speak again at the Ohio State School of Veterinary Medicine. Well, wow. man, what's it like to be a person of color and be a her parent? And, you know, I know last year when I spoke, I talked about the importance of me finding a vet that looked like me and that was in my neighborhood and was reflective of the values that I had. And, you know, somebody made the comment to me, oh, you know, you, you must be a good parent. And I said, yeah, I'm the best fur parent, you know. And I said, because I don't have any kids, this is my baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I took as much care into that relationship as I hope I would take in to having a child. And, you know, those kinds of things are important to me. But what was more important to me is that although selfishly I could have tried to adopt another uh dog or I could become a foster parent but it would not be beneficial to a child who's looking for a home mm-hmm. and somebody in the love and attention they need and I can only do that from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. <laughs> and on the weekend mm-hmm. that's that's not building a relationship that's not fostering a relationship mm-hmm. you know and I don't especially for someone who's dependent it'd be different if they weren't dependent upon it but a child would be dependent upon it. Definitely, definitely. And it seems like you're, you've are you been very intentional and very thoughtful, which most people should be when they're deciding to have children and or not have children. Was there any pressure from family to adopt, to seek other means to have children? No, I never felt any pressure from my family to have a child. I felt more pressure from my family to marry. Mm. Um, I definitely felt more pressure and definitely heard the comments way more about having a a husband than having a child. Um, So, and I kind of ignored both. (laughs) (laughs) They go through one ear and out the other. Right. And I think part of it, and like I said, again, sometimes it's not by choice. Yes. You know, um, I'm in a field where, first of all, I'm not going to date people that I work with and I'm not going to date a student. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then secondly, I've worked in environments that weren't very diverse. So, you know, my opportunities to date were very small. And mm-hmm. then uh, the dating pool would be even smaller. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because you're single and I'm single does not mean we're a good match. You know, breathing should not be the only criteria. (laughs) Um, I have have, uh, likes and dislikes that I have my own issues. And, you know, meeting someone, they have their own issues. And sometimes those things mesh and sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, what I want at the beginning is, or who I thought I wanted at the beginning is not what I want now. I'm Mm -hmm. different now than I was 10 years ago or even five years ago. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I'm just at a different stage in my life. Okay. So when you have um, interacted with potential partners, what has that been like in um, sharing with them um, that you're child free or sharing with them more detailed information that it's not by choice? Like what have those interactions been like for you? Um, sometimes uh, they're a little painful. They've been a little painful at times. Hmm. Um, my, my ex one time said something about, um, he didn't give me a car for Mother's Day, although I was mothering his three children. And I was like, 
that I got upset about it. And I was like, but you didn't even give me a card for Mother's Day. He was like, but you're not a mom. Mm. And so mm-hmm. that really, of course, that spurred a big argument. But, um, you know, I had to check him, too, because I was like, I may not have given birth to your kids, but um, I make sure they eat. I make sure they get to work. I make sure they have your school supplies. I make sure that they have the clothes that they need. I take off from work to go to um, band concerts and sit outside at football games. So I may not have been in the delivery room, but I sure do deliver. Mm. You know, that, so my job. We got into a big argument about that. Big argument about that. Mm-hmm. Can't apologize, but sometimes you just can't take the fact that you said, but. But you definitely were playing a nurturing, protecting, um, helping them survive role. True. I always call them my bonus son um, or my bonus kids. Um, you know, I, I have a stepmom too. I call her my bonus mom. And I don't, I didn't look at, I never tried to take the place of their mom because I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I knew I didn't. But I also knew that I wasn't their friend. Mm. So. I had a lot of responsibility on me as a additional parent. Um, and they even asked me, can we list you as our that mom on the emergency form? And I would say, no, you know, you need to, you know, list your daddy and your mom. But to me, that says a lot that a kid looks to you as a parent, mm-hmm. right? Even my God kids, they know if they can't find their mom or dad, I'm usually the next call. Mm-hmm. That means it to me because they know Aunt Therese won't be there. She loves me. She supports me. I can turn to her in times of need, and they know where to go for safety. So that means a lot to me. And um, so I, I never have a problem talking to someone. I would have a problem dating someone who had a young child because there's still feelings involved. Mm-hmm. But I never had a problem dating someone who had kids. Okay. And when you say that, um, say more about, um, it being a challenge dating someone with a young child. You said there's still feelings involved. So say a little bit more about that. Okay. So if they're like, I always feel like if they're under the age of four, you know, there's still some feelings involved with romantic feelings that may be unresolved between the parent. And I don't want to interfere with that. And those are formative years. Mm-hmm. You know, there should be any tenseness. There doesn't need to be any, you know, conflict erupting because those are the years that this children are learning and growing and developing relationships and mimicking and all that and I wouldn't want it to be confusing and so you know even with a kid if a child I'm not comfortable meeting someone's child who I'm casually dating mm-hmm. or I've only dated for a short amount of time because I don't want to come in and out of a child's life and I don't want a child to feel like I was just there because I was dating your parents. Gotcha. So when I woke up with my ex, I purposely called the boys and said, listen, your dad and I are no longer together. It's an amicable split. No, it really wasn't. But it was an amicable split. And I just want you to know that I'm here for you. If you need me, call me. You got my number. You know, you got my work number. You got my email. You got all my media accounts. You know how to reach me. If you ever need me, you know I'm going to be there for you. And I still talk to them to this day. Because mm-hmm. so, those relationships with those children um, were important. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I wanted them to know I love them because of who they were. And I respected the relationship that I had with them. And it had nothing to do with their dad. Mm-hmm. 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 The reason why we broke up had nothing to do with them. 
that sounds like a very mature move because a lot of times a lot of kids are left wondering you was telling me to call her auntie or stepmom such and such and now she's gone so um have you had experiences with um sharing your child-free life with a man who just doesn't get why i'm more comfortable now stating that it's a medical issue um I think I'm more comfortable with it now because also my age, I'm nearing 50. So, you know, even if I could, the likelihood of me having a child is nil. Um, but, you know, I, I'm probably more comfortable with it now than I was before. Mm-hmm. And um, usually if they ask me, I just say, you know, I don't have I don't have any children that I gave birth to, but I still write a lot of checks. You know, that's, that's always my comeback line. You know, um, usually they don't pry too much. Once we start dating and then they may ask me, you know, then I'll go into detail and I say, well, you know, some people were made to have children and I, I'm just not one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, God, God had other plans for me, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't, um, I don't beat myself up or my body up mm-hmm. um, because I can't have kids. Um, you know, uh, female issues run in my family on both sides. And so, um, I just happened to, you know, get two parents that had issues in the family and, mm-hmm. um, they passed on to me, but I look at it like I could still have a fulfilling life without mm-hmm. a child, mm-hmm. but I have to create that for myself because I'm not sure a person or a thing can uh, give you the fulfillment you're looking for because you might be disappointed at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't want to put that expectation on a child either. Hmm. You know, where it's like, uh, you, I wanted to have a kid and you bring me joy and now you don't bring me joy. Or, you know, <laughs> sometimes you may have a child that, you know, special needs and that maybe that's not what you were hoping for. I have a friend who has a son who um, is special needs. And we had a conversation not too long ago, and it said, you know, um, it's that's not what she was anticipating. However, she feels like God blessed her. Mm-hmm. And I way because who she is now is not who she is as a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and um, she's done so much to help her son and to see him thrive and soar. Um, it's such a blessing. You know, I'm blessed by seeing that as well. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, sometimes we just, we expect certain things. My nephew made choices in his life I would not have wanted for him. But, you know, I can't find my happiness in my nephew. I can't find my happiness in my godchildren because they may disappoint me. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I just need to be okay with that. Yes, yes. Wow, you're dropping some good jewels, girl. Thank you so much for sharing such intimate details because I want to acknowledge that it's not always easy to share. And even your own acknowledgement of it's only now as you've gotten older um, that you feel more comfortable sharing, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, Tari, what was the process? It wasn't difficult, but it was challenging. Okay. Um, I think certain things in my life put me in this situation I think um, certain, uh, and you know, things that happen, um, 
I wasn't working for a year, um, so I had to, you know, do some soul searching. Um, you know, almost died. Um, I had to have emergency surgery um, and nearly lost my life because I, you know, because of a health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I lost my mom um, and nurtured her through her cancer journey. Um, and watching somebody that you love lead you slowly um, can can be overwhelming and um even to this day it's been nearly seven years since she uh left me and i still have moments that you know it's it, like it happened yesterday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i think once you go through certain things in your life and you realize your mortality and you realize the time that you don't have because i have you know like do i have more time in front of me or behind me and you know, then you begin to realize that I, I don't want to settle. You know, it used to be uh, I would just settle for this. I would settle for that. I'm not. I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't. I don't want to do that anymore. And I don't feel like I should. And I don't feel like I have to. Whereas before, I felt that way. But even like with a significant other, you know, I'm not willing. You know, I was in a relationship, and I could have stayed in that relationship, and I would have been miserable. But I didn't want to be, so I chose to leave. And that was my choice. I'm happy with my choice. I feel like I made the right choice. And because I didn't want to live my life with coulda, woulda, shoulda, and I didn't want to live my life um, faking it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Faking it, you know, oh, you, you know. My husband, my bed, it's my boo, you know, and thinking it, 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 it's, it's no. Mm-hmm. I want it to be honest and transparent, and I wanted to live authentically for myself, for my students. I didn't want to be a hypocrite. And for my girls, for my goddaughters, I didn't want to be um, that role model, that person who says one thing and does something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Tari. Can you share your personal thoughts, views about how child-free um, African-American women are portrayed in society, media, print? Like, what images, what stories, what do you see out there when it comes to women like you and I? Um, I feel like with people, particularly with women of color, um, and particularly black women, African-American women, um, we're always seen as the um, caregiver in some way. Mm-hmm. And um, we care for everyone but ourselves. And um, Tamara Winfrey Harris has this great book called um, The Sisters Are All Right, Changing the Broken Narrative of African-American Women in America. She talked about in her book, which is like one of those like a 50 moments for me. She was saying that, you know, as black women, we're taught from a young age that we, the more baggage we carry, the stronger we become. And it's a myth. Mm. It's, and that we, we feel like we have to take on all this baggage and, and, and burdens because that's who we are as black women. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps strong. And that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, black women, you know, we're the, we're the, sometimes we're the breadwinners, we're the disciplinarians, we're the uh, confidants, we're the champions, we're the, 
you know, lawyer, the doctor, the teacher, the minister, you know, we carry all these, we're all these different hats. You know, it's, it's challenging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) It can be challenging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's no one path. Like you talked about earlier, should you have wanted to have a family, you could have considered adoption or, you know, if you wanted to go down the, the, you know, explore different um, medical um, ways to have children and, or you seem very um, happy based on what you've shared about the experiences that you have with the many children that are in your life. And I think that's what we are trying to um, really um, have others understand that although we are child free, we don't, we are not without children, right? Right. That's very true. So I wouldn't say I'm childless. I would just say I'm child. I wouldn't even say I'm child free. I would just say I'm happy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> just, just period. You know, I, I don't think, I don't think I need a title you know, I'm single and child-free. I think I'm just three, and I'm, yes. I'm happy. Yes, yes. Um, That's what it's all okay about. Mm-hmm. You just need to be okay with that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm okay with everybody else should be. Exactly. Okay Exactly, exactly. Ask Tari, what, what what does it mean to leave a legacy? What will that look like for you? You know, I, I, I don't get it as often as I would like, but I, I get it often more now in my current role, um, which has been probably the most fulfilling role I've had professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, like, I had a student come in here today, and she just sat down. She was like, how are you doing, Dean? I said, good. You know, we just started talking, and she was like, I feel so comfortable with you. Mm. And to me, that's where the reward comes in, in terms of a legacy, because I do have students who I had in 1998 and in 2000 and 2004 and 2007 who, you know, I'm invited to weddings and graduations and, um, birthday parties. And, you know, um, they're reaching out to me for references and support and advice. And they'll send me a message and say, you know, it's because of you, I did this. And so it's my helping them create something in them that they turn around and help somebody else. And that's a legacy for Definitely. me. Definitely. Be a person. But if I taught them something that they feel has made them a better person in any shape, form, or regard, then that is the legacy, you know, that um, I want to, to foster. I'm, when I'm gone, I want somebody to say, um, and, you know, to read or Dean Stevenson one time, she told me this and that's got in my career. Or she, she showed me this or, you know, that I challenged the student to be and do better at a time in their life when they could have made a different choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's the, that's the legacy part that I would like to fulfill mm-hmm. and not necessarily my namesake. Um, I'm the last person, um, to be a Stevenson on the side and, um, you know, that, that has weighed on me at times about what, you know, what happens after I'm gone. But I, I think about it and I'm like, hmm. they may not have my last name, but they have my, my ethics. They have my values. They have my yes. perspective. So, and, and that's what the last name means. Mm-hmm. So, um, as long as I'm passing down the history of what I know and what I have and, I hope and pray that they'll continue that on 
that's all I can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And being the dean of students, you get to interact with so many young people, right? And so, um, you know, both of us being in the field of higher education, we, you know, have had those students who we knew at 18 and 19 who are now in their 30s and they come back and they recall conversations that we've had with them in our office about this and that. And that is, it's a, it's a beautiful way to say we may not have children of our own, but we have children, right? would you give to a young sister maybe in early 20s mid 20s because we sometimes believe at 30 you have to have the family the kid the white picket fence the house and the dog but a young sister who has maybe made the choice that she does not want children or has gotten a diagnosis at a young age that she can't what would be your message to that young sister in regards to um still living their best life i would say um you have to live for yourself you definitely have to do that because um, if you don't live for yourself, you can't live for anybody else. Um, I would say don't beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. Put yourself down. Um, don't demean yourself and don't let anybody else demean you. Um, do what you feel is right in your heart and all will fall into place. Yes. And um, whatever you want at that time, go for it. And if you change your mind later, that's still okay. All okay. Yes. Good nugget to drop to a young sister. So, any regrets, Miss Stevenson? Yeah, I mean, I would study abroad in college. I would have traveled more. Uh You know, I would have, um, I 
I would have uh, take I would have done the bungee jump. You know, I wouldn't have uh, maxed out the credit cards and taken out all these student loans. <laughs> I would have finished. I would have finished the doctorate degree. Um, I just would have pushed through the the wall. Um, those are the kind of regrets I have. Mm-hmm. Do I have regrets that I'm not married? Um, no, I I wish I would like to have a partner and I would like to be married. But do I have regrets about it? No. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that I chose not to continue a relationship with were for healthy reasons and um, probably for my own emotional, mental, spiritual, financial, um, and mental uh, health. Mm-hmm. Walking probably for the best. Um do I wish I had done things differently with my nephew? Of course, you always look back and say, could, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Should I have done some different things with my goddaughters? Yeah, of course. And I wish I had taken that weekend instead of working, you know, took them to go bowling. Or um, I wish that, you know, uh, instead of, uh, you know, maybe going to the mall that time, I could have picked them up and went to the mall or we could have gone to the museum. Not that we didn't do those things, but, you know, now that they're older, mm-hmm. I can't readily do them as, as much as I did when they were much younger. But I don't have any regret. Because I, I, my mom told me, you cannot afford the rent in the land of regret. Mm. So I try not to have regret. What I try to do is say, now that I know better, I'm going to do better. Mm-hmm. And so with my other guy kids, you know, I face, because FaceTime wasn't a thing when I, they were growing up. So I FaceTime them, you know, um, uh, they text me. I text them back. You know, it's just I do things differently, but I don't have any regret. And I don't, I still tell my goddaughters how much I love them, how proud I am of them, that I'm still here for them. I still tell my bonus sons that. So as long as they know mm-hmm. how much I love them and how much I support them and that I'm always going to be here for them, whether they're right or wrong, that I'm still going to be in their corner. Um, even if I have to spank them while we're standing there, I'm still going to be in their corner. Mm-hmm. Then that's all, it's all worth it. All worth it. All worth it. Well, Miss Therese Stevenson, it has been a pleasure speaking with you this evening on my podcast. Yes, I appreciate it. Um, you know, no bibs, no burps, no bottles, the stories of African-American women um, without children. And I really would like our guests, because I do think that you've shared so much of yourself this evening. Thank you. Um, I, I know that there's something that's going to resonate with someone. So let us know what you are doing, anything you want to plug. It's my quote. So um, what I would like to share with everyone is to um, be blessed, be bold, be true, be you, be strong, be beautiful, and most of all, believe. Yes. Yes. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. Thank you so much for joining me this evening on No Bibs Burst Bottles. And I will chat with you soon. Until then, everyone, be blessed. Peace out. Peace out. You have been listening to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, a podcast dedicated to the stories of African-American women without children. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, keep living your best child-free life.